0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are, wherever you're watching from or listening to the podcast from. We are so glad that you guys are here today. We are going to be talking about Snagit 2022, the newest version at this point in time. If you're listening a long time in the future, it might not be true, but right now it is in brand new version and we are so excited to have some of the product leadership team here to talk about what's new, talk about some of the the background behind why those things are new, what got in there and all that good stuff. And if you haven't had a chance to download it, definitely go check it out. Even if you have Snagit, an older version, you can download 2022 and do the trial, make sure it's gonna work for you. So let's just dive right in today with our introductions. So here we go. Chris Larson is a product manager of TechSmith Snagit. He currently works remotely with the amazing development team dedicated to Snagit. Chris is a graduate of Michigan State University and has been with TechSmith for 14 years. He started his career in user experience design and now brings the background uh, that background to the, this product leadership role. He relaxes outside with work, of work with his barbe- with barbecue, it's, I'm sure it's his barbecue, not someone else's, with barbecue, gym time, Lego, astronomy, video games, and goofing off with his family. Sounds like a good time. And our other guest, Daniel Foster, has 16 years of software industry experience, much of it in marketing communications, content creation, and social media. Currently, he heads up marketing and product strategy for Snagit, the number one software tool used by technical communicators. He has spoken at STC Summit, LavaCon, TC World, and GL G A L A or Gala uh, conferences, and in 2018 enjoyed visiting India and China. With that said, I would like to welcome both Chris and Daniel to the Visual Lounge. Welcome. Hi Matt. Thanks. Hey, I, you know, bios are so interesting, right? Because we write them out, and you don't think about like, oh, what's how's this going to be used? But uh, you know, let's just start here. What's something that each of you would want your, our audience to know about you that's not set in a bio? Is there anything important we should know as we go through today's, uh, today's interview? Chris, we'll start with you.
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't in the bio. I feel like I put way too much into that. So I, don't, <laughs> <laughs> we'll I loved it. Way too, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, like, I think that the last bit there is uh, try to have a good work-life balance. I think that plays a lot into the you know, not to make this uh, too salesy, but it plays a lot into our tools too, because you know you want to be able to uh, communicate effectively and uh, have time for yourself and for your family, and that's super important to me. And,
0: yeah, uh, yeah, awesome. What about you, Daniel?
2: You know, I would say uh, we are all figuring this out as we go, right? And so um, how how to work remotely and what is it like to kind of have that balance that Chris talked about. I've gotten into disc golf a little bit more lately. So I started playing years ago before it was cool, I promise you. Um, And uh, now it's just exploded, but it's really fun to see way more people out on the course. I bring new people. I bring my family out. It's been super fun, so. And I started playing after it became cool, apparently, because <laughs> I just started
1: over the pandemic or whatever. So, because I have a little course near me, and that's fun. This stuff is—it's uh, a nice way to excuse to get outside.
0: Well, absolutely. So let's let's dig in today uh, and talk about Snagit 2022. I'm always—I, you know—I'm one of those people that I love when a new piece of uh, software comes out, like updates. Like I love updating my my phone. I love updating prog- programs on my computer just because it's so exciting to see. Who, What's cool and new and uh, and Snagit 22 doesn't doesn't disappoint in that sense. But let's before we get into the new features, can we can we let's take a step back because it's not often that people get to use a product that is what what are we at 30 years officially now?
1: 31, I think. Yeah. 30
0: 31 that's years funny. old. So that that's an old product, and I don't want to go through the whole history. We can we should probably do that at some time on the Visual Lounge and uh maybe you're not the right people for that conversation there's others that we could talk to but give us a sense of like you from your perspective how has the history led us to where we are today in 2022
1: sure yeah so uh i think we've started we started off with uh you know modest beginnings with uh you know just visual captures and things like that and again that's going to be the whole the whole history there there's a rich history that, um, you know, we weren't all around for, for all of it. But, you know, as, as we started uh, working more with the product, uh, you know, you, you had an image primarily, and we've seen just an explosion of people using Snagit and other tools like Zoom, uh, right now, streaming with a new, like a product with, with live video streaming and stuff like that. So I feel like that's been a huge shift over the course of the lifespan of this product. And, you know, Snagit had it pretty early, but you know, we're starting to really, uh, you know, make that a better experience. Make it quick for people to capture and get get what they want to say out immediately. It's that quick sharing mechanism for Snagit that we're trying to keep, but also bring it to these new
2: ways of communicating.
0: Yeah. Anything you'd want to add, Daniel? Yeah, I think
2: there's an interesting theme of Snagit um, starting its its strongest adoption in sort of niche areas of like these real heavy content creators, folks that are doing like documentation and stuff like that, which is fantastic. And they're still absolutely core to our, our user groups, uh, our customer base. Um, but I also think that now some of those behaviors and and that visual form of communication that used to be a little nerdy, a little niche, it's just permeated more and more of our everyday. And and sort of we we're getting more comfortable with using a marked up screenshot or a video like Chris said or an animated GIF creating our own GIFs, right? Mm-hmm. And, and just using that in our everyday communication back and forth, I think a lot about how making a video used to be an event. It was like, I'm going to sit down and make a video, you know? And like, we don't think that way anymore. I mean, we don't think that way when it comes to our phone, for sure. No, um, certainly. And we're trying that. Yeah,
1: sorry. It, everybody is a creator now, right? Like it's yeah. it wasn't, like you said, that's a really good point, that it's just, it was a lot, you know, locked down to a specific role. Um, and even in the workplace, it's not... Uh, you know, it's not just that one person that's maybe creating, it's everybody needs to be able to do that now in order to, you know, just communicate effectively.
0: Yeah. It seems like, I mean, the pandemic has done nothing but speed this up, right? Like, cause it used to be like, oh, I don't want to be on camera I never, I don't want to be on video. And now everyone had to go in some form of video. Uh, and so it makes kind of makes sense. Uh, Daniel, we, when we were talking previously to get ready for today, you had mentioned that when you, what you were working on when you started at TechSmith and you've been at TechSmith, all three of us, I mean, we've got a lot of years co- collectively at TechSmith. Will you share a little bit about your kind of where you started working with us, with TechSmith and Snagit?
2: Sure, yeah, actually, you know, Matt was my boss for a minute, like when I was in marketing, so on, on the social media stuff. So yeah, when, when I first started, I was writing marketing content and like, whenever we'd have a new big announcement, I was the one writing all the copy for the scripts for the videos and you know, the web, the web uh, ads at the time, we had a lot of like flashy banner ads and stuff. But yeah, one of the new features was the library. And it was a really interesting transition because Snagit went from this kind of ephemeral, like you capture something and it's, you get a chance to mark it up and then it's gone, you know, or it goes into some other document. And it was this big transition to you capture things and you can go on capturing them. You may or may not do something with it right away. Uh, But whether you do or not, you can always come back and do something with it later. And then if you just like, you know, I've actually talked to a lot of customers who've had this experience where they're like, I actually used Snagit for a while, maybe months or years. And I didn't actually realize that there was this whole cool library of stuff that it was holding on to for me. And then this minute arrived when I was like, oh, I wish I had, and you're, and you're like, oh, I do have it. And um, be able to you know, re-edit that and, and have a project file and all of that. So um, yeah, that was a really big kind of event uh, in the marketplace, I think, and, and in the life of Snagit where it went from a little bit more of this like just on the fly tool to a little bit of a project tool where you, you could kind of save that and come back to it later and continue to iterate.
0: Yeah. It, and it has been fun to see that, right? Cuz I remember when I started at TechSmith, it was very it was very different looking product. I mean, SnagIt 9 changed kind of the whole whole system. But so as we think about library, that was an introduction. Gosh, was that in SnagIt 9? That that yeah, so about I'm, about I'm then? Pretty sure yeah. But that leads us to one of the new features in SnagIt 2022, which is cloud library. Chris, will you tell us a little bit about like we say, I, I say the word cloud library, and I don't know if that means the same thing to everybody. Just could you describe it for us?
1: Yeah, and that's, yeah, it's definitely one of the challenges with this release is kind of what Daniel was mentioning, too, is that we still have people that don't necessarily understand, um, you know, that there is a library, which is totally understandable. Um, so, yeah, the, the cloud library itself um, is a way to primarily work as an individual across multiple machines and have a backup for uh, all your files. So like people be capturing, to, you know, every day, constantly videos and images and things like that. But then it's always been locked onto your, your one machine. Like if you wanted to upgrade your your computer or if you're moving across working, you know, home or back to the office and want to access those files, it gets problematic, right? So um, uh, kind of how Daniel was mentioning, when we made that transition to uh, almost like project files, right, Where this ability to always be able to tweak correct that one little text mistake or blur this little thing out that you forgot to blur out later. All those kinds of things were made possible by a project file and people have grown to be able to love that. And yeah, with uh, you know, the advent of cloud computing and all these different things like Dropbox and Google Drive and things like that, it just felt like it was the right, the right time for us to, to bring this, um, to snag it. So yeah, so you can use Dropbox, Google Drive, Box, OneDrive, all those things that people know and love right now. and Basically, we we can, can now store that library, that rich amount of content of all those captures on that, and those can now be accessible across multiple machines, which is really powerful.
0: Yeah, that, that, to me, it's incredible. Like I, so I I just turned it on today because I I've had Snagit 22 for a little bit, so it's not like I just installed today, but it was like, oh, it, it was just it like, and it works <laughs> yeah. really well. Like it's kind of, it's almost like anticlimactic in a way because it's like well it's just it's my library but now it's like it's mm-hmm. off my machine and I don't know how many gigs I freed up on my machine which I've been having some storage issues uh because I, I have a lot of video lots of things so I'm like oh now we don't have to worry about losing this stuff or actually get accidentally getting rid of it so but but there's a lot that goes into something like this uh as you two probably know um so I think like Let's just, maybe let's just talk about libraries for a little bit more. I want to get to like what that leads to in terms of 2022, but I'm curious for each of you, like for your libraries, how big are your libraries? Let's, let's be honest. How many Snagit captures do you have right now?
1: Yeah. So that's a really tricky question because like we, we talk about this a lot on the development side of the house um, where we don't feel like we get to be true users of the product all the time because we're constantly using development versions and switching things up and like Accent, you know, we're we're running the buggy builds so that you don't have to, and yep. you know, I'll get my library blown away at times. So, uh, currently, I think I'm sitting at like 1,800 captures or something like that. Uh, but you know, I've taken many, many more over the lifetime of this, uh, and you know, I'm I'm proud that I get to be the one that, that hits all these issues <laughs> as opposed <laughs> to everybody else out there in the world. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I think that's about where I'm at right now in terms of like video to image. I find myself again doing way more video lately. So. In terms of like file sizes, those are gonna be obviously a, a bit larger than, than straight up image captures. Uh, but yeah, I, I uh, definitely, that's shifted over time as well.
2: Yeah. How about you, Daniel? Uh, so, you know, I, I moved over to the Mac um, in, I think it was like 2014. So that's, you know, because and because we didn't have a shared file format, I had to lose all my captures from Windows back then. So so on the Mac, I've got like 9,300 or something like that since, since you know, that date. Um, and I do I do try really hard to keep all of them. I am in real life also, my wife will tell you this, I save things, I save all the things. Because I'm like, you never know. I save email, I save all my captures, and often I do find that moment comes when I'm like, I want that banner ad from you know 2010. I can actually probably find it in my Snagit library, so don't test me on that right now.
1: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> pull it up right now. But yeah, I mean, that, that's see. the nice
2: thing. That's
1: a nice thing too about the library is that like um, it is searchable and we have the ability to you know store all that metadata like the, the application that you may have captured the website that you may have captured the time and date um, and being able to search on that and be able to bring that up is uh, pretty powerful which wouldn't be necessarily possible if it was just like your operating system or something like
2: that. Yeah, yeah, uh, just a giant bunch of files is not useful at all, right? It's really all about how quickly can you get your hands on that thing you need later.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I take advantage of that because there's oftentimes things, and I, I don't have that many captures, but I, I have probably, I'm probably blown things away here and there. And I also have been trying to delete a lot, again, to free up file space in my computer so it can, you know, update properly. Uh, but it's it's been really interesting as I go through it and look back, it's, it's a really nice one time machine, but two, it's it's so much easier to find things in the library than like even I'm on a Mac as well through Finder. Finder, I find things It's like, gosh, it's, where is that image? And I'm not really good about naming my Snaggits. Like I, I take, it's just like whatever the date was and it's random. So having all those options is really great. Daniel, you had mentioned that there's, uh, you know, when you transfer it over to a Mac, uh, you had to blow everything away because the files from Windows didn't go to Mac. So that's something else that's new this year in this release, 2022, is cross-platform compatibility with what? Uh, what's the proper title? SnagX. All yeah, right. that's so, it. Yeah. Who? So file formats are always confusing. Like I think it's one of those things that like if you know it, you it's fine. But like SnagX versus whatever, what what does that actually mean for us as users of Snagit?
2: So uh, one of the things, I'll just jump in real quick and, and lay the groundwork. I think, um, you know, who is this most useful for? Uh, I think about the teams that I've talked to, right? And these are often heavy content creators who are like, I actually have to document software on Windows and Mac, both. I'm like constantly going back and forth. And a real pain point since the beginning for that group is, that they're different file pro- file formats, and so you, you you say a file format is confusing. What's more confusing than one is two, right? So you're <laughs> like, well, is it a dot snag or is it a dot snag And you know th- that that was just rough, and there was literally no way to move the file between those two platforms. Um, we could talk about the whole history of snag at Mac. I think that might be interesting, and when it got introduced. But really, that was that's been the situation before now. So I'll let Chris talk a little bit about how we went about solving that.
1: Sure. Yeah. So uh, the the I mean I can go I can go into a lot of details here, but there, there were definitely challenges of like just picking the like right container, right? So at, at its base, it's like it's just basically a zip file now with with like all the layers in it with all the information we want, um, and that's the kind of like how we went like actually executing upon it from a technical side. Um, but as a team, we have had you know two products for quite some time, um, and Yeah, like you said, it's very confusing to have the two formats. So uh, the main thing was making sure that we had the same level of parity in terms of the tools, right? So of course, we needed to figure out there are a lot that went into like getting the file format and reading those correctly on both sides, but also bringing over the tools like multi-tail callouts on Snagit Mac that Windows users have been really asking for. And we finally have the opportunity now to bring that um, here. And other things too, like that's just one example, but there are a lot of little small inconsistencies that we kind of brought together here and it feels so much better uh, to be able to have that message to all the people that use it right now and being like, yes, okay, that tool is going to exist on this platform and that we've cleaned that up uh, pretty pretty thoroughly. Definitely some small inconsistencies still because like with every big moving project, there are going to be some small things, but... It's been uh, it's been a ride this year, and uh, i happy that we we finally got it out here in December for you.
0: Well, I, I, I think it's one of those things that unless you're on both platforms, you can't, it's hard for me as a, primarily a Mac user to really appreciate the things that the Windows users didn't have, or do you even recognize the thing, I don't have something that's on the, the Windows side as a Mac user. So, uh, But kudos to the, you and the team, uh, because it's one of those things that inherently, frustrating when something doesn't work. Right. And it should, you're like, it should work. It's the same company. It's the same product. Uh, so I think that's super important. I, and I know there's lots of little changes that we're not getting into that. If you want to learn more about those changes, go check out the snagit.com. You can learn about some of the different things that are different. Can we, but I think, you know, one of the reasons I want to have you on the podcast, we can talk about features all day long and there's lots of features. I want to talk about the journey a little bit. Uh, because I think it's important for our customers, as anyone who's listening to this podcast, to hear a little bit about what goes into some of these decisions, right? Um, because inherently, there's a million things, I think, as a team, you could all do. And Daniel, probably as as your driving strategy, there's probably a million directions you could go that uh, some of them probably are less good than others. And some, you know, uh, there's all these complications, right? Like I'm I'm guessing getting file formats to work across is like, it's a time-consuming thing uh, for what seems like maybe for, for many people who aren't on both platforms, maybe it's a small deal. Like, oh, well, that's, who cares? But I'd love to hear, like, take us back a year. We, we released Snagit 2021. What are some of the things that were talked about or driving us towards the the things that got done this year? Any thoughts?
2: One, one thing I'll say is that we try to take a really iterative approach. So... Um, it actually helped. I mean, we, we acknowledged that it would have been nice to have a shared project file from the beginning. Right. But Mm -hmm. that wasn't how the first team who started working on Snagit Mac started. And so that was the foundation that all of us built on. Um, and what really prevented us in, in part was just looking at that mountain of work and realizing like that would be the only thing that we would get to work on with our team for how long. Right. And so, you're having to sacrifice all of these other really great features, functionalities, and capabilities that we wanted to bring. But along the way, we did some really foundational work on things like themes, even. So when we introduced themes as a shared theme format on Windows and Mac, we had to solve some of those or a good number of those kind of cross-platform compatibility issues. And then we introduced templates. And when you have one template file that, you know, can be used on Windows and Mac, again, you have to address a number of these things. So that was really great because we could put that extra value out there and help solve these really cool problems, like being able to make a quick one page guide out of your screenshots. Um, but also it was, that was foundational work to sort of finally tackling this, this mountain, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. We,
1: uh, you have to get a little technical when, when when explaining it because of course that's my role it says it right down there right but uh <laughs> but yeah like it what daniel's saying is like spot on because they uh the teams you know as we were working toward this we we're making big strides here and there for uh some cross platform compatibility and then when we started talking about this cloud library because that was like one of the main drivers for what we wanted to do this year we started looking at this cross-platform file format and i think you know, like you said, not everybody's going to be able to take advantage of this, but it was, the, it was the perfect time to do it because it helped enable us realize some of the other things we were going to be doing right now. So like the cloud library uh, before, again, here's the technical bit, uh, was basically we had a database file and it was like keeping track of all the files and stuff like that. And that was the problem. That was the main problem um, is like when you try to sync that across multiple computers, there's, that's, a, that's a big problem to be able to handle. Um, so instead we're, we're storing all that metadata with each file in of itself. So that was what helped enable us to be able to do this new cloud library bit too. So it's like just a really nice, um, you know, they fit together like puzzle pieces here in terms of like trying to be able to bring these to, to this value to customers.
0: Yeah, the other I part love- of the- kind of, Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Daniel. Go ahead. No, go ahead.
2: I was just gonna say the other part of the, the long-term journey here to kind of connect some dots is um, if you think back to, you know, we were talking about Snagit9. Um, and, and for all of those years, I once did a little research project and we released a new major version about every 2.4 years or 26 months or something like that. Um, however it works out, my math's probably bad. But the, the point is, you know, it was we would, we would work on things for a couple of years before we kind of put out a, a major new set of features and functionality. Um, starting in around, uh, was it 2018, 2017, we went to this more of a cadence of every year. So there's an annual major release um, we're just trying to have a, and that's how software is, right? It's, it's faster releases, uh, more continuity, more of just kind of always moving forward. And, and so this, it was, it also felt like the right time to tackle the cloud library. Cause we're like, the experience we want is that you just keep using Snagit year after year, it keeps getting better. Um, we now have this thing called maintenance, you know, that uh, every new license starts with maintenance and the acknowledgement there is. That's how you get your updates as you stay on this annual you know, maintenance subscription. And so um, just as kind of part of that continuity and that sense of I'm I'm always moving forward. My stuff is moving with me. Um, you know, we're trying to fill that in that story as much as we can. We still have a lot left. I could you know, we're always our best critic, but um, that's that's the that's the journey we're on there.
0: So, so let me ask you this, because I'm guessing on this journey, you, you're you're looking at the problems that you're trying to solve. You're trying to understand the needs, and and there's there's always going to be needs. There's always going to be customers who need something or want something, uh, and again, it's kind of this. You've got it's a buffet of choices, and you got to kind of choose the things that make sense technically. Which it sounds like was cloud cloud uh, library was a good time technically now to do it. Uh, but what are some of the and, and we don't have to get super specific on these questions, but I'm I'm curious. What are the questions that like you're trying to get answers for as you go into a release cycle and and start picking the work? Because I know there's so many different things, but like, how do you how does that get weighed out? Because if I've got 20 things and I you got a year, you got a development team that's that inherently limited, and it's you know it's the old adage you can't uh, take a baby and uh, have nine women make a baby faster. You know, it's it's one woman takes nine months, right? Like you can only add so many people to a development team without is also causing issues, so I'm curious. What are the questions you typically are looking to answer? Uh, and I and I, the reason I'm asking this, I want to be just really clear, is I think for those that listen, what information, what feedback can they give that would help the two of you and the team make make decisions that will will be impactful?
1: Sure. Yeah, I, I think um, it's it's we use a model for this um, where we have kind of break up the type of work we're going to do into three categories. There's the expected, right? So that's just something that's going to be ever changing as the markets change, right? So like, okay, uh, X product has this, this, you know, and we don't. So now's the time. It's just something that's expected or, you know, but then there are also uh, improvements. So that's the second category. And that's things where. OK, we may have delivered something already and we just want to keep iterating on it based on feedback and things of that nature. And then there are the third categories, which is delighters, in a sense, where it's just like those things that people didn't know that they needed. And uh, and our job is to you're describing our job, by the way, which is to like categorize all this kind of stuff and then figure it out, which is to really understand the needs of the of the people. Uh, that are using our product, especially the target markets, which you know can shift uh, um, over time. But you know we we have a pretty good eye on and beat on, on what that is right now, um, and really understanding why. So for the expected and the improvements, um, we we kind of know you know what's going on. But a big part of what Daniel's job too is like looking at the larger trends and trying to feed that to us and the development team to try to understand how we can um, target pro- certain problem areas and stuff like that. But that's like the model in which we look at things and really understanding the why is is super important around when somebody says they have a problem, they say, okay, because I want to do this. And that helps us f- like find patterns to really do those delighters, which can really set the product apart from other things. Um, so anyway, so yeah, as advice for anybody that wants to give feedback, please give it like that's number one. But then two is like, you know if you can um, engage with us in a back and forth on around like why you're interested in that specific thing because we might not build exactly what you want um because then if we did that for everybody right then it would just be you know this the freaking sense monster at a certain point right which is the classic analogy but um but yeah so that's why we try to you know distill those into certain problem areas and then really try to target those based on what we think we can do and uh, you know, the needs,
2: uh, of the, of the people.
0: Yeah. Makes sense.
2: Yeah. Definitely knowing a lot about what is the problem that you're trying to solve in your work and and what, what are the challenges and what other tools are you, you using? What's your whole workflow like? Um, what does, what does accomplishing this task well do for you and your company or your organization, right? Um, those kinds of things are really helpful because those are all, cues for what level of priority to give because there are i mean we have i don't know hundreds and hundreds of of documented ideas um and it's it's really is that you know what should we work on now one of the interesting things i'll say is you know with with like the pandemic and the way that all all, almost all of us many of us i should say had to like suddenly work remotely um, especially office kind of knowledge work um went went almost 100 remote and then this long, slow process of, you know, finding the new normal and, and what is that with hybrid work? Um, so that has elevated some things, right? So like we actually shipped uh, picture in picture, uh, which is an enhancement to the, the, the video capability in Snagit and a large driver of that was just looking out there and seeing, and we could see in our own analytics, like the usage of video in all versions, even old versions of Snagit kind of jumped right up in uh, mid 2020. And um, and then realizing that this is sort of now something that people expect to have, right? Because with Zoom and with other tools that we have, we expect that we're gonna have our content on the screen and the face you know, in the corner kind of a thing. So we're like, yep, we need to get that out there um, because we definitely wanna be relevant for people that are using Snagit at work to, to communicate back and forth in, in these new hybrid contexts. Or even if it's someone who's sitting two desks down, we're still doing a lot, you know, off and online. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm i glad you brought up video because I, I wanted to go and t- make sure we, I want to make sure we talk about the enhancements that you made, but you brought it up. And I'm just, I'm going to gush a little bit of, if that's okay. And I, I hope the Snagit team listens to this because uh, I don't have a ton of interaction, especially within the remote world. I don't get the chance to bump into them. Uh, I, I was using Snagit 22 t- uh, today and I said, I'm going to make, this. I want to just had this dumb idea and i want to try recording some this idea and uh, i didn't want to use camtasia because it felt like just way too much and i've got you know i've got a really good camera but can i tell you it looks crisp and amazing and it was it it's a 15 minute long video just me blabbing on about stuff and it just worked so well it was just awesome it was just awesome to see how clear it looked how and i like i said i'm, I'm gushing it just i I wasn't, ex- like, I, I expect good things from Snagit, but I, you know, with Snagit videos, kind of, like, what it's, uh, you know, it's not really a video tool. So I uh, just, it was just amazing. And uh, then then the thing is I sent it to Camtasia because <laughs> I, I just wanted to record my camera. I didn't, like, it can still do the full screen, uh, full recording area. And man, so just kudos to the team on making uh, video super, super easy. And uh, I think that's one of the great things about it. Uh, picture in picture, I have... I have mixed feelings about as an instructional designer. Cause all the, you know, I don't, I don't think I, picture in picture works very well, but it's a good feature to have if you want it. And I, I can definitely see that. So talk, us, talk to us about, cause Snagit has had video for a long time. And I remember when it was like AVI, that's the file format and it was big and bloated and didn't work very well to, to now where I'm like, man, uh, quick, easy video. I am in Snagit every, every time. Um, so what, what, what are the changes there? Really? You've got picture in picture was added. So that's, you can put in, I'm, I'm acting like people can on the podcast can see me move my hand. If you're listening to this, I'm putting my hand in the corner in like a little box. You got picture in picture. Uh, what, what else is different about it?
1: So, yeah, I mean, what we've done with Snagit 2022, uh, specifically has been a lot of things around, uh, just the video engine itself. Right. So like you said, you you have a really good camera. Um, and a lot of the cameras and some of the, like, even the, like, uh, virtual cameras where people will be able to add effects to themselves and things like that, uh, we're supporting now. So that's, that's one thing, uh, definitely greater stability. So if there is a, uh, catastrophic error on your computer at the time, there's an ability to recover that on, on Mac and soon to be coming on windows too, um, in one of this upcoming maintenance releases. So, you know, still, still part of the 2022 cycle and, uh, really just improving the audio and video sync too. So making sure that, you know, with picture in picture, making sure those lips as they move is matching the audio, um, things like that. So yeah, those are like the big things that have happened recently. But like moving backward as part of this whole journey, yeah, like the big thing was moving to MP4 back in the day, right, so as being able to deliver that uh, singular file that's viewable, which was not the case for AVI and all the codec stuff you had to worry about. That's not even a thing anybody mentions anymore is like Codex, right? Like sure, <laughs> like some people will geek out about H.264 and H.265 and stuff like that, which-
0: All phrases that no one needs to know anymore. We don't need to know them anymore,
1: exactly. So it's totally, it's its really nice to, to be able to have that and have the snag it simple, right? That's, that's our main driving force around a lot of the features we're building. I think you touched on it right there with your workflow is it's just ready to go. Like you take a video, and it's there for you and you can share it out. You can drag it to wherever you need it to go. And it doesn't require that extra step of rendering out and you having to wait. It's really good for that quick communication. And uh, yeah, that's been kind of part of the, the journey, right? It's been like making sure that we bring everything we had with images over to the video side in terms of um, that, that workflow, that quick, efficient workflow.
2: The other, the other thing I would note on that is, you know, just as those expectations of quality I, I I've been transferring a bunch of VHS tapes for this is my Christmas present for my mom. I oh hope boy. she's not watching. I just, <laughs> spoiled it. uh, old family videos. Uh, I bought one of those converters and I'm converting, you know, digitizing those and they're all 480, right? 480 pixels tall. And that was like, great. And so, but as those standards and expectations have evolved, I think we've also tried to keep bumping up sort of what we're doing in Snagit because we're, we want to have a modest file size because, you know, you want it to be quick to transfer and you don't want to have these unwieldy files and and all of that. But, you know, watching a 480p video, honestly, is not very fun. Um, (laughs) I think it'll be fun because, you know, it's me when I was little. So that's cool. But um, yeah, so, so I think that's one thing. And then the other milestone I would point out, well, two, if I can just blather for a second. One is GIF. I mean, you know, we did that a few years ago. If you haven't checked out how to make a GIF in Snagit. It's really fun because you make a video first and then you can take a section of it or the whole thing. Pretty useful, even for like not fun use cases, You know, just like, hey, I need to show you a bug. Um, super useful for that, because it's so lightweight and easy to share, but also the fun use cases. And then um, this whole other workflow we built in Snagit 2020, which is an undiscovered gem. So you heard it here first, people. <laughs> uh, I know it's been in the product for a while. Um, it's called, uh, create video from images. And it is a really neat little workflow. We're actually just did a whole, uh, design kind of research sprint internally to think about how we could expand on ways of combining a video. But let me give you the brief overview. It's, I'm starting with a set of images. Think about like a series of five screens going through a software product, right? Do this, then do this, then do this five things. So I have my five images. I can add all of the markup. I can redact or remove things. I can point to things using all the tools in Snagit for images. Then I stage them on this little kind of like slideshow canvas. Right. And then I just click through them and I can talk over and make a video and draw and annotate in real time. So a lot of power there, there's actually tons of kind of undiscovered potential. Um, we're trying to figure out how to make it more discoverable. I think that's a whole other topic we should talk about, but, um, you know, but, but that is there. And and I think, so having these two different ways of creating video is, is just helps video be more relevant, right? I can fire up my thing and just record a whole screen walking through something live, or I can stage my content in advance as a series of kind of snapshots and then talk through it. That
1: That's a really good example of one of those uh, things was like firmly rooted in, uh, customer feedback too, right? Because there were, uh. I don't know how many times we've heard it where it's like, okay, we I captured a video and people are like, I still have all my drawing tools along with. I want to use those on my video. And um, what what, this was one of the big responses to it was one. Yeah. wanted to be able to do that. But then the other piece of feedback that we had was I'm not necessarily ready or feel confident in my creation skills around video. I don't want to. So we had people doing multiple takes. Um, Which is totally fine. I do that all the time, just by the way, but multiple takes to the point where it it gets like they get frustrated. People are getting frustrated. Right. So it's like I keep uh, spilling over my words and um, the ability for um, for video from images is that, yeah, you can it's almost like a, a presentation. You can just take your capture, do, you know, put them, lay them out ahead of time, have something all set for you and and record that way as opposed to uh just you know having to do it all in one take which is totally fine for some use cases some individuals but uh yeah both those reasons were some 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 of the backstory around uh why we did video from image
0: well i'll just say that i find that i i will often find myself like i'm gonna send an email and i'm taking some screenshots and just you know like usually it's about usually it's around data like i'm like okay i'm gonna just take these screenshots and start writing i'm like this is taking me too long <laughs> so that I did, but I don't sure. want to go like record a whole video. So I just take those images that are the key things. No one needs to see me fumble between this, this data point and this data point, And then I'll just make a video and it's, uh, so I, yeah, it, I'm glad you brought that up, Daniel, cause it is, it is a gem and there's so much, you, it's pretty powerful. Uh, what kind of videos you can make and how you can do that. So with that actually leads me to my next question, which uh, so we've got, some hidden gems. We mentioned at the be, kind of beginning, Snagit is 31 years old. You know, it's it's, it's firmly rooted in its career. Uh, you know, it's probably, I don't know, does Snagit have a family? And I know it's had a marriage proposal yeah. at least once. <laughs> I'm uh, sure, yeah. Maybe, maybe more of than once. Plenty of
1: have come its way, yeah.
0: Plenty, you know, uh, it is, that is one of the interesting things. I, I, and I'll just share this anecdote that when I go out, I go out to a lot of events and uh, not so much obviously in the world we live in now, but I always hear how much people love Snagit and there, I've heard many people say, I'm the biggest, your biggest fan uh, of Snagit because it's so useful. And it's something that they use, you know, every single day it's, it, and it's got, it's got some charm to it. Unlike Outlook. <laughs> Sorry. Outlook. <laughs> I, I use Outlook every day, but I don't love it. It, it brings a lot of pain actually. Um, but what I want to ask is we got, if we got a uh, video from images, what are some of the other hidden gems that maybe people haven't discovered that you would want us to, you'd want people to be aware of? Cause there, there's lots of great things in there.
1: Sure. Okay. So this one has been around for a while. So I'll jump in for, for this one, but step tool. Okay. So I, for the longest time, um, we've had stamps, right in Snagit and we've had step tool now for a bit too, but it's one of those ones that I'm, I'm really excited for more people. It's just this light bulb moment whenever we mentioned it to people, because it's basically, Okay, you take a screen capture of a screen, and let's say I'm gonna just quickly, for a personal use case, uh, somebody, a family member needs to be able to do something right on their computer. So I'll take I'm gonna, a I'm capture. gonna share my screen, Chris, so All we right. can- I see we can, perfect.
0: If I can find an image, I, I've got so yeah, many yeah, you're videos. The,
1: you're <laughs> in the videos, yeah. Your video strong. That's right. Uh, but basically, yeah, oh, so you take video. a screen capture, um you can filter by images on the left of your library too i
0: i i I should know this
1: (laughs) that's fine it's totally it's totally fine i know you're we're in the middle of this though so it's tricky but um yeah so you take a capture of a screen and maybe there are multiple steps to it right so it's like i want you to click on this a drop down select this thing and then hit this submit button or something like that um so it's a three-step process we have the step tool which yeah, you can select on the right side what you want it to look like, but then as you click, it's just gonna increment, right? So you've already got some on there um, from the template itself, but like as you click, you can click and drag and adjust those as much as you want. But what's nice about that is as you keep clicking, it's gonna do two next, it's gonna do three next, it's gonna, you know, and it auto increments it for you. Just saves some time. And it's so simple. It's one of those like really simple things but uh, it brings joy to me whenever I use it. Because it's just like, okay, it's that time saver. It's that workflow enhancer. Um, and uh, not many people know about it. Because a lot of people are using stamps right now. And they'll you know, they be like, okay, select number one, click it. Select number two, click it. And it's just, you know, it's, it's part of the whole process. It never it's
0: gets nice. aligned right. never gets quite the same size. That's right. There's- yeah,
1: exactly. So
0: as, as I realized I was trying to share my screen and everything else, my computer like, hey, what are you doing? What are you, what, why are we trying <laughs> yeah. to do this? Uh,
1: You're streaming I, all at the same time. Things are going, yeah, probably all right. Um, probably uh, all the stuff. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah, Chris. That's true, exactly. You know, yeah, but the other thing is is that that's one thing in 22 that we, we're, we're trying to do. That's one of, our isu- one of the issues we're trying to address is discoverability, right? So, again, we have all of these things in Snagit that people um, have seen, and maybe we are just afraid to even click on it, right? So, like, you see your toolbar. We have a lot of the default things up there. But what we brought this time were uh, some enhanced tool tips. So yeah, that's what uh, Matt's showing right there, is that as you hover over each of the tools now, um, it shows you a, uh, a quick little uh, animation of, of what that tool can do, but also a quick little help text. So it just describes the tools in a way where just the title wasn't gonna help before. And, and again, this is one of those things where it's like, it seems pretty simple, but I think it's, you know, it's gonna help a lot of people. Um, and especially in our betas, we got a lot of great feedback about that but also that's really powerful is that learn more button at the bottom. So we've started exposing um, on the website, a lot of our tutorials um, in a way where we, where we broke them out into separate pages now. So we have a p- different page for each of the tools. We're combining our help and our, vi- our tutorial, video tutorials all in one spot for, for each of them. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. So that'll help people on their own find all these hidden gems too.
0: Yeah, Daniel. What's what's one of the hidden gems that you would also recommend people find out about?
2: Well, uh, so a, a, a bigger a bigger one that's been a new new addition, but still uh, a lot of folks haven't probably interacted with is templates. And so I mentioned this, you know, video from images. Right. Basically, what we did is have two kind of modes that are under the create button. So near the top left of your, your Snagit editor, there's a new button that's create. Looks like a plus symbol. And um, there's just a bunch of cool stuff hidden under there, two whole little workflows where you can um, create either a quick like job aid type thing and think of it like a, a quick reference guide. And almost every industry has something like this, where you're taking you know three, four things, laying them out on a page in a simple illustration. Actually, I mentioned the the project for my mom, I, the, my last step for her was actually, I made her a little guide on how to scan a QR code on her phone. And I used Snagit template for that last night to finish her present off. So, um, you know, it's it's useful for a lot of things. So I, I think that's one, because it, what it does is it, it solves this problem that a lot of people had of, I have three or four screenshots that describe this information I need you to know. And do I just send you like three file attachments and you have to figure out what order to view them in, and do they explain themselves? Not really. But when you take those three screenshots, you put some text around them. You put a title at the top that says what it's for. Um, suddenly, you have just this very powerful little document that um, can convey a lot of information very compactly. And to go back uh, in, in the in the conversation a little bit, talking about sort of our roots in the in the pro level content creators, these are things that people learn how to. they take courses on how to do technical communication, right? And how to do instructional design and not saying we can make you a pro at this overnight, but we're taking some of the best practices from that. And we just put them right into these templates. So someone doesn't have to know a lot about best practices for layout. They just fill in, here's, you know, these drop zones, here's my image, here's my text, here's my label, here's a, you know, caption. So, um, that's one, the other one I'll say, that's really small. I always add to my toolbar in Snagit the trim button. Do you do you ever use trim, Matt?
0: I do. I I, I use it just uh, this week, actually.
2: Yeah. So you can customize your toolbar. A lot of folks don't know that, but if you do customize your toolbar, it's there in the menus anyway. But it's it's I I put it on my toolbar because it's super useful. It basically just takes away any of a solid color that's outside of the object that you want <laughs> so if you think about like a box or a web page let's say and you have a bunch of extra blank white at the edge of your 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 web page capture it just like trims off that extra blank white area so it's pretty tedious to do manually but the machine does it like that
0: yeah super helpful i I'm gonna make a quick plug for blur because it's oldie but goody like I love I love having blur and the other one uh oh man what was the other one I was gonna point out but eh, I, mean, I have, an, I have another one. one.
1: I, have to, I have to talk about Smart Move just for a moment because, like, this one is hidden. So if you go to the Move tool, um, you hit the Smart Move button. We don't necessarily have to show all of it. I be like, but yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. it'll it'll process your whole image. It just there's so much behind that little toggle where it will look for text on the screen. It will uh, and break it up into little components so that as you move something off. Uh, yeah, you can see there it doesn't necessarily work that well on like when there's a bunch of text laid on top of each other like that. But like in a normal screen capture or website or something like that, basically recognizes everything on the screen, buttons, and just allows you to move them around. It fills the background for you. It just like kind of feels magical. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Well, it, oh, it is magical. It's a, uh, you know. It is. I, the difference between uh, magic and science is i can't remember there's a quote about that right but it's it's kind of what code is right like it feels yeah. magical cuz i don't understand all the stuff but mm-hmm. you know now i can not select one individual thing but yeah you can yeah, yeah. Yeah. if i want to move the button or whatever i'm doing a terrible job demoing yeah, this yeah today, that's okay. yeah that's okay yeah
1: maybe maybe uh, yeah
0: uh, i did not prep prep all the the things to make it look really good well yeah. we are we are getting close to time there's there's a couple uh a, a couple comments have come through I, everyone's been commenting on our scarves mm. uh which is uh, chris i don't know if you were the mastermind behind the the scarf idea or not but yeah
1: I, like all good ideas i don't remember exactly uh, somebody you know, did it but, and we're great somebody grateful. did it but yeah we, we talked as a group and we we're like yeah this this sounds good it's like a like a team uh mentality a little bit but you know also like celebrating and kind of thing with uh, with everybody at the company about this release so yeah it's uh and just in time for well i guess it's a little warm right now but you know it'll get cold soon i, I imagine and uh yeah it's it's a they're, they're very nice and comfortable
0: yeah in michigan when we're recording this the the weather is unseasonably warm 60 <laughs> degrees in december so you know right. but a scarf that's why i have a t-shirt and a scarf and it is getting a little toasty well mm-hmm. i want to first of all uh before we move into our speed round I, I want to thank you both for taking time you know I know we could we can demo stuff all day long but if you want to see product uh, we've got tons of tutorials Chris as you mentioned we've got webinars that happen uh, that are will be on YouTube there's lots of places to go and get in depth on like how to use the new features what all the features are but I I really love hearing what goes into this because I know that we have some of the most passionate most amazing smart people at techsmith uh, and I think it's important to give, be able to have a context around why we're doing what we're doing and what, what all the work is going in. So first of all, thank you to our Snagit development team. You guys and gals rock. Uh, just make awesome products that people love, and um, you know. And of course, thanks to everybody who uses it because. Oh yeah. We we are so grateful for our fans. But.
1: Yeah, it's one of those products where yeah, it's. It's got such a following where, yeah, there are people that are, have used it longer than some of the people working on it and, and, and obviously vice versa <laughs> as more people get on it. So it's just, it's it's awesome to hear feedback from people, especially when they're like, yeah, I've been using it for 12 years. I've been using it for 15 years. That's just so uncommon in the software industry that it's, uh, it's really special.
0: Can I just say one of my favorites when someone's like, I've been using it for such a long time. I've been using it for like six years. I'm like... It's a thirty-year-old product. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess I'm yeah. not that long. So, well, yeah. Chris, Daniel, you know, we we'll, we like to end the show with some fast, kind of furious questions. So let's go ahead and join. I jump into our speed round. All right. For anyone who's just joining us, just so you know, our our speed round is meant to be fun, kind of. Coming at us really quick. I can't even speak. That's how, how excited I am. So we're going we're gonna to have a little fun Ended up here. First question goes to Daniel. Being from the Upper Peninsula in Michigan, uh, so if anyone doesn't know, it's way up there. It's cold. What's your favorite winter activity?
2: Oh, man. So you're going to get me talking about ice boating. So uh, it's getting out it. <laughs> on the cold, a really cold, windy day like today. It's super windy, but cold. Smooth ice with a boat that has skates on the bottom and a sail and you just fly super fun. Go, go, go search YouTube and you can see it'll make you want to do it. All right. I
1: like we watching need... it
0: <laughs> <laughs> now we just cold inside weather. where it's
2: supposed to be warm. That's right.
0: You know, no ice on the lakes today, Daniel. Uh, yeah. So, so Chris, uh, in your bio, I read a bunch of uh, fun things you like to do. What's like, what's the biggest like hobby fun activity that you get to do, uh, whether with your family, without your family, what's your kind of nerdy Sure.
1: yeah i mean lego's the the nerdiest thing i think recently it's not that nerdy actually but it's just like i I geek out about it i guess is the more thing because like i bought both the advent calendars the avengers one and the star uh, star wars one that i have in the you know there and the kids get up every morning and want to do it before school basically and do the the little advent calendar for that and i'm probably more excited than them at times but uh (laughs) (laughs) most of them are groggy in the morning but uh, yeah, everything, that's, that's it. The other thing that's kind of interesting is that I'm looking out the window right now as the wind's blowing like crazy, is that uh, I, I made a too big of a barbecue uh, um, a grill, basically. It's like literally made out of 500 gallon propane tanks and I'll never be able to move it off of my property probably. But, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the other thing. The science around barbecue is something I, I uh, get into too.
0: So what I'm hearing is Chris is inviting us all over for barbecue at his place when it's appropriately not. Windy. When it's appropriate. Exactly. <laughs> I like and
2: that he conveniently left out that he built an international space station out of Lego once. So I did do
1: that. Yeah. That's a, that's a convergence of my other two passions, which is yeah, like understanding the cosmos. And then also, uh, yeah, I, I built the, that was before I think Lego has a set now with, Oh, which is like right there. Of course it's within reach. Um, but then, yeah, I built, I think it was like 5,000 pieces was the International Space Station one that I made.
0: Was it scaled appropriately? Because I just learned yesterday the International Space Station is as big as a, as a football field.
1: It is. Yes. With the solar panels and all that. Um, it is scaled uh, appropriately. In fact, I made a video of, uh, a, uh, every module as it was put on, uh, as part of the assembly process basically. So yeah.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Well, we're getting away from speed round though, because we're now we're we're just digging yeah, into we're new, new hobbies. Dig deep. Yeah, getting too Yeah. Uh, so okay. So next question. This is going to be uh, we'll ask both of you. You can decide who gets gets to go first. Where do you turn for inspiration? So in your work, in your life, what 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 are the sources of inspiration for you?
1: I like novels. I would say, um, specifically, like science fiction at times because um, it. For, first of all, they're fun, but also for inspiration, honestly. Uh, getting, get, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes is really important. Right. So like gaining empathy and it doesn't get any more interesting as like when there's like a literal alien race that they're trying to write about. So those are the fun ones that I, I like to get into, because it like really stretches your mind as opposed to like, I guess that's what it would be like to be like that kind of creature that has a hive mind or something like that. And I don't know, it really, there isn't a direct parallel to work obviously, but it definitely, you know, helps you stretch your mind in ways that can be useful well, look at, I
0: mean, Star Trek, how many ideas have come oh, out yeah. of Star Trek that oh, yeah, were fictional totally. and now are realized in some way mm-hmm. or form. So True. what about you, Daniel? Inspiration.
2: Uh, I'm a podcast fan. So um, a, a number of years ago, I just started populating, you know, my feed with stuff. And I love listening to economics podcasts, you know, like Freakonomics and Planet Money. Um I found one interestingly on on churn one of my coworkers uh suggested it on because you know uh, subscription model software churn uh, you know and then I, and then I have a random things in there like bird note if you've never listened to bird note it, I used to catch it all the time on NPR when I lived on the west coast it's just like it introduces you to like a bird or a bird call or something about birds every day and it's like 2 minutes long it's it's just it's great it's re- good to remember that there's stuff beyond the screen you know out there
0: well, I mean, some people actually are so nerdy they'll listen to podcasts about people making software about video games. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, we're grateful fine. that there's so many different types of podcasts and grateful for people that listen to them. Okay, last question: uh, If you've watched the show in the last six months, as we've been doing Speed Round, always the hardest question, um, and you each get a shot at it. So, what's a question you want to ask me? Hmm. Maybe nothing. And that, that's fair too. <laughs> Look, no, I don't I, care. <laughs> literally,
1: I don't know if I skip. I, I was late on lunch, but I'm like, what is Matt eating tonight? Because I am hungry for some reason right now.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what am I eating for dinner tonight? It has not been decided. Okay. Uh, however, I'll tell you that I, I'm very excited. My son is coming home from college this week. And he lived in Mexico for seven months and learned, not why he was there, but when he came home, uh, he learned how to cook. So I'm excited that he's coming home. Maybe we'll get some carnitas and... uh uh, some, uh, El Pastor cooking, maybe some pozzoli soup. So he, you know, he, he's, he's 20 and, uh, he, he's learned how to make that. He's got a pizza oven. He makes, so I'm excited that he's kind of come home and I don't have to, cause you know, it's going to be pretty boring if I have to do it, but I don't know what's for dinner tonight. I better figure that out.
1: That was a, that was a good answer to
2: it. Yeah.
0: Daniel, I, anything okay, you want to so, ask? So,
2: so, you know, we work together. Way back, and I'm curious. Thinking back to the Forge, what was one of your favorite guests or moments on the Forge, which was uh, a streaming web live web show before that was a thing?
0: Yeah, before before live streaming was a thing, right? So, okay, so my favorite—I mean, there's a couple that stand out, but Dan Rome, author of Back of the Napkin, was a, an amazing person to interview. Very generous um, with his time and really thought-provoking so his whole concept is that anyone can teach or present and you just draw you draw and anyone can draw and it's you know like we talk often like oh i can't draw so i can't do storyboards but they're very simple drawings and he had a tablet and a pen and he was remote at the time this was pre-zoom so it was skype uh and he shared his screen and just amazing equally as amazing was nancy duarte so she's written many books uh resonate is one of my favorite uh you know, she's given a te- TEDx talks, uh, you know, her company Duarte does a lot of presentation training. They also did the presentation slides for Al Gore's in- Inconvenient Truth. So th- they've got some presentation chops and she is, was equally as generous in giving. And I had the wonderful, lovely opportunity to meet her at an event where she was keynoting. And I went up and said, Hey, I don't, I doubt you remember me, but we did this thing. And, uh, she just was super kind and super generous. And, um, so some of my, those were some of my favorite. I don't know how we landed those people on the show because, uh, you know, two best-selling authors, uh, New York Times best-selling authors. Uh, it was just, was really amazing. So great concept at the time, just way too early for the technology and for, you know, even, po- there were podcasts in back in those days, but it was really hard to kind of manage and get found. So, yeah, great question. Awesome. Well, thank you both, uh, Chris and Daniel. Thank you for again for all that you do with the Snagit team. We're, we're just so glad that we've got a new version of Snagit to play with over the holidays. And uh, we invite everyone to go check it out because it uh, really is a, a wonderful version. That cloud library, save some space on your hard drive, never lose a, a file again. So, all right, everybody, thank you all again for tuning in. We are, for those who are listening to podcasts, this is going to come after the the holidays, but for those who are watching live, we are taking a couple week break, going to go spend some time with our family, things like that. So, you know, you get to get maybe something coming out on the podcast. If you don't ever listen to the audio version, there's gonna be a special small little episode on the audio podcast. So with that said, you know, it's gonna be a new year. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, you know, take a little time, whether you're working with images, video, or something else, take some time to level up every single day and we'll see you guys next time.